This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. everybody welcome back to another edition of chasing the tide your saltwater connection on the paddle and fin podcast network i'm your host dustin nichols here tonight got a pretty killer show for you uh this segment here we'll get rolling on that uh here shortly um just wanted to give an update to the skunk fest that went on this past weekend um actually chased some green fish this weekend didn't even have a chance to pre-fish this lake and i've never been on that lake before I've heard horror stories about it, how brutal it can be, or how you catch the biggest bass of your life on there. Well, that was pretty much the case. Um, had a couple opportunities that I missed. Uh, lost a fish on the jig, lost a fish on the Nico rig, had one on the spinner bait that was pretty dang good, and didn't put any of them in the boat. Well, unfortunately, well, fortunately, let me put it that way, everybody else had about the same problem. Um, 121 anglers signed up, only 28 of them put fish on the board. Um, 18 people only had one fish and the rest was kind of scattered up to first place. First place had four fish uh, right at like 65 inches. Um, I think second had 51 inches with three. So to say it was tough is an understatement. So um, just remember, I mean, you can be humbled on any body of water. So not only do you take that and use it to get better, but it just, man, it can really turn things around for you and make you realize, you know, that there's hard bodies of water to fish, you know, and it makes you want to work harder that next time you go back out there or the, the next tournament you have to really, um, you know, hunker down on the, the map study and understanding things a little more better of those fisheries. So yeah, quite a humbling experience for me and plenty of others. So yeah, good stuff going on. You know that we got a couple more tournaments coming up with Northeast Texas Kayak Bass League, then another one with TXKBL on uh, Lady Bird Lake Austin, um, then some saltwater events to start kicking back off. Uh, I know the Salty Yak Pack is another podcast. The Salty Yak had a had a saltwater event this past weekend that ran a consecutive 26 hours, and it seems some of uh, they had a a little little trouble catching fish. I know first got first place I think had 19 uh, 
measurable fish on the board and then like second place had like three ties with six fish and then down on that uh from that number there but yeah them guys uh almost wish i would have went and fished that event instead <laughs> instead of chasing those bass but you know that's what's pretty much been going on looking forward to some stuff coming up in uh with jackson in uh in florida um coming up we'll have some more t details on that to come along with um announcements and a event page going up for the uh the Chasing the Tide Three Bells Redfish Greenfish Challenge will be in October again, uh, 21st, 22nd. So we'll have an event page going up for that soon too. But for uh, but for now, that's about it. Uh, further, with no further ado, here we go. We're gonna bring our guest on tonight. We got Brandon Pearson coming on, Mr. Saltwater Aviator here in the house. What's going on, man? You doing good tonight? Hey, what's going on, dude? Yeah, man, doing uh, great. Doing great. How are you? Um, going, doing good, you know, just winding up on the day shifts this week. I got a couple more days and then I'll be off for nine, actually my, my, my long break. And then I'm taking off a couple of days next weekend to fish a tournament. So, um, definitely excited about being able to travel up to some, uh, East Texas lakes up there at Welsh Reservoir. It'd be pretty fun, uh, especially with the warm up we have coming and, and then, uh, hopefully looking forward to getting on the water next week and and uh, go chase some of them bull redfish too. <laughs> I need to throw yeah. a couple of them to get, get, get some of them going too. But hey, I, um, normally we just start out with the introduction and uh, you know, want you to take the mic there, introduce yourself um, and give a little quick backstory, you know, where you're from, what got you into fishing young or how, when you started and what led you into getting into that plastic boat. Yeah, man, absolutely. So uh, born and raised about an hour Southeast in Nashville, Tennessee, a little place called Manchester. Um, as far as the fishing goes, man, I absolutely have, once they just dug in the last last few years, I grew up kind of pond fishing, hopping from here and there, a couple of ponds, catfish and things like that. Uh, once I got into high school and early years of, of college was fishing with my uncle quite a bit on Nickajack Lake, Chickamauga Lake, uh, yeah. Gunnersville Lake there in uh, Northern Alabama. So same kind of places that you was just talking about you either strike gold or you strike out so one of the two um but uh, from there went to school rotc uh commission for the army i spent eight years flying as a medevac officer was first stationed at fort bragg with 82nd combat aviation brigade and then uh spent some time down at fort rucker and that's where i really got into saltwater fishing i fished a little bit of bragg here and there with my father-in-law out on the coast of North Carolina, around uh, Surf City, Topsail Island area. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until I moved down to Fort Rucker that I really got into it. I was a geo bachelor at the time. My wife was an army nurse. We had a one-year-old and she was back at Fort Bragg and I lived an hour and a half from the coast down at Fort Rucker. So any chance I got, once we were done with school and our work, man, I was down in Panama City Beach, uh, just chasing the fish that Choctahatchee Bay Freeport area oh yeah where um, is Fort Rucker what what actually what town is that near uh, it's in Enterprise Alabama it's okay, in, it's in uh, Alabama yeah like right southern across Alabama, the state you know, like Dothan yeah. and stuff over that way it's, absolutely okay. yeah just west of, about 30 minutes west of Dothan Alabama okay, so cool. if you're familiar so you're with the south shot down to the Florida Panhandle right there yeah. that's it man it was 103 miles from my house to the beach so we have I run that road quite a bit but uh yeah got into once uh, 2018, really got into saltwater fishing, um, had a couple of good run-ins with bull redfish, uh, fishing out of an old uh, old town, 14-foot plastic canoe. Oh, wow. Uh, me, me and a buddy of mine, and that's kind of where it started. never get you on the water, man. That's right. That's, you know? <laughs> that's it. We used to get out of class and drive you know, drive down there two hours and fish till after dark and then get up, drive back, and get up the next morning and go that's to work. That's what you so, call ate up with it. Yeah. <laughs> the tug you know, is a drug, man. That's it, dude. <laughs> so between redfish and uh, some bull reds and a couple of black drum and then finally started exploring the, the sea trout world a little bit, um, that's kind of where it kicked off. I started following the guys over at Salt Strong, uh, yeah. and that's right, when they, right after they had just started and just tried to learn as much as I could from 2018 on. Uh, we ended up PCSing out to Savannah, Georgia, Hunter Army mm -hmm. Airfield for, with third cab and was fortunate enough to, to be pretty close to the water, ended up investing in a, a Hobie Outback at the time. Um, and we moved there and, and dude was on the water every chance I could get. That was kind of my therapy. Uh, I had yeah, a pretty high, sure. high octane job. And when I was not at work, I was, home with the wife and kids and and then we were we was out on the water if we could so 
Um, one thing I learned out there in Savannah is doesn't matter what time of year it is. There's fish around somewhere. Oh, for sure. Yeah. A lot that, of them deep creeks and marsh influx yeah. with the deeper channels in the creeks and the creek bends and all that. And redfish stack up in there. The trout stack yeah. up in there. Move the up those flounder. rivers and the flounder. Yeah. And that's the thing about that. Where you're at now, you don't, you don't have to deal with that big of a tide swing compared to the east coast, the, the Atlantic seaboard right there in the southeast, for sure. Yeah, man. And and that's what I cut my cut my teeth on. So that yeah. when I moved here, I was kind of out of my element. I was used to, you know, stiff tide swings and targeted choke points water and everything else. All, all of the marsh and mud, the water's a little more muddy at times, a little dirtier. But, you know, moving down there to the panhandle, you're, you know, you got some grass flats, you got you know, those, those tannic water rivers where the bass are with the trout at times and all the good stuff, you know, it's, man. Heck yeah, dude. So, uh, got into the saltwater fishing really hot and heavy out there in Savannah and learned quite a bit. And then we left the army, joined the coast guard and moved here to Pensacola area. And everything I learned about saltwater fishing just went right out the door. All that muddy water and heavy current disappeared. And now I'm working on finesse and working the grass flats and the, and the sand flats and trying to trick those redfish and trout into something a little bit a little bit different it's not about making noise and making movement it's more about you know drawing their attention and being subtle at the yeah. same time so that's it dude since we've gotten here to pensacola um you know redfish is still my favorite that's that's where my heart is there's nothing like fighting a 35 36 inch redfish from a kayak in a sitting position mm -hmm. uh, but kind of open my eyes up once we're down here a little bit more to the trout world and, and getting into those bigger trout that like to hang out on our grass flats down here yeah, there's something special about those to get into that and things are special when they get over 24 inches you know yes sir yes sir different breed when they when they mature and get some weight on them and just apex predator of the flat you know they're, they're wrecking everything they get you know that they just ambush stuff so violently <laughs> it's crazy yeah <laughs> yeah, they call it it's a trump or a trout thump for sure. Like when oh, they thump yeah, that lure, when, you when know what it is. When they're feeding well, it's a it's a distinct um, bite, especially this time of year in Texas when we're using those suspended twitch baits, especially the, the Paul Brown Corky um, or MR17 or deep water with the MR18, little little heavier to get down, a little quicker. And but I mean, you know it when they hit it, it's like doink. I mean, they knock <laughs> slack in the line, and I mean, I've had. You know with the you know I, I do dabble with the bigger slide baits you know i just got a a ladyfish from mike herman i've been itching to throw and haven't had the chance to get out on the water so yeah. i'm excited to throw that one right there um donkey bay swim baits everybody check them out and then a, a guy in actually pensacola paints these um if you're watching on the on the video you can see it but i know we'll be streaming on all the podcast platforms you might go see it but that was a, a ladyfish imitation and this one is like a little shad imitation it's a it's a is um i 135 little small one there and then i got some little twitch baits he does me for the finesse stuff this runs about a foot under the water this looks like a croaker That's i'm sweet, telling man. you about jeff brown over there in pensacola yeah and this is you have to check him out i'll have to find some stuff for for you for him because that guy paint some of the the better lures on the pocket there's a there's a tri-roof um top water he painted for me too it's like a, it's got a oh wow single rattle with bbs it's called a, i call he's called it a little snakehead it's an amakatsu uh tri tri or somehow you say it japanese kind of lure dude that's sick very neat stuff yeah he paints Heck some yeah. really cool stuff i'm sitting on a couple of them waiting <laughs> like some rockets <laughs> for a big old trout to come up and eat <laughs> that's it man so yeah we'll dive in a little bit about the you know the overview of the area you're in the fishery and just talk a little bit more about that before we go into some other things here this evening um yeah so yeah pensacola area yeah um, I'm, I'm actually out of navarre uh we navarre, have pensacola yes. Pensacola is just to the west of us. Um, Navarre is kind of halfway, for those who aren't yeah. familiar. It's the halfway point between the Destin and Pensacola inlets. Uh, the way Pensacola is laid out, you know, you've got Pensacola Bay and Escambia Bay on the west side, mm -hmm. and then you've got Garcon Point kind of splits Escambia Bay and, and the East Bay on the east side of it. Um, 
this area, man, is phenomenal. Uh, not only do you have the two ginormous bay systems with their river deltas that kind of come into them, the East Bay, you've got East River, Yellow River, and Blackwater River all dump into that, that yeah. one bay system. Um, but we also have running east and west along the coast between Destin and Pensacola, uh, you have the Santa Rosa Sound. And that sound in the summertime will fill up with grass that we call it June grass down here. And it's just, it's phenomenal structure and ecosystem for both trout, redfish. Um, I've heard of some big flounder caught down here. I personally haven't caught them. Do the big uh, jacks but, cruise it too and like crash top waters there in, the, in that time uh, of year? They that do time. over on, on the western side over towards Pensacola. Yeah. Um, around the Gulf Breeze area, around oh, yeah, the three, three, mile bree, three Mile Bridge. Mm -hmm. We get a lot of jacks in there. Uh, big Spanish in the fall. The Spanish oh, wow. will come up in there in the summertime. The yeah. Yeah, they'll move up in the bay, and then I even caught a barracuda randomly enough out of a marsh system Whoa. over there two that's years a ago. Far, that's a little far north up in there too. Yeah, I was shocked. I, I made sure I took pictures Dang. of it because I didn't think anybody would believe me. I had to send it to one of my buddies that primarily does offshore stuff. I was like, "Hey, this is a barracuda, yeah. right? It's yeah, absolutely for sure." And it don't and you, slouch I, on offshore structure there too, because Navarro's got all of those artificial reefs there off of the beach, and you can beach launch from the beach parks there and and just go out there and crush the snapper yeah. you can have a chance at tarpon along the beach uh sailfish mahi mahi uh cobia group. yeah our big thing big yeah. thing right now is the blackfin tuna the blackfin come in that's right dude so yeah they were here a couple of weeks ago they pushed out last weekend we had a little warm-up they pushed offshore and then uh a little cooler nights this week and there's been a couple of reports that they've been catching them uh, about this time last year i think it was february 18th last year they caught 30 just off the pier when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dang. Yeah, Navarra Pier is known for, for that good stuff. I had, I had stopped there a few times when I would drive back and forth to Georgia and, and surf. Uh, if there was waves, I'd always check the surf report. Is there waves in Navarra? Is there, there waves in Navarra or Okaloosa Island or somewhere over there? And I'd check it. And uh, if there was surf, I was like, man, I'm going to hit it and get, wash this road grime off, you know, because it's, it's, I mean, it's a 30-minute detour off I-10, but it's not too bad. No. But, man, that's a... That's a pretty prime area over there. I got a, one of my Torquedo teammates over there, Brandon Barton. He's also on the um, yeah. Hobie fishing team. He's a guide over there in that area and does a lot of good yes, stuff. Yes, sir. Along with Matt Van is over there also. Pretty good, real, both real good dudes. Um, and then from where you're at, you're not too far away from like uh, Gulf Shores, Fort Morgan over there. Some of those river systems that come into Wolf Bay and different areas over there into um, Fairhope and all that along Mobile Bay. There's some great fishing over there too. I mean, you're yes, sir. that's an hour away, you know. Yeah, you're, not you're, far at you're all. Within all of that, and there's some there's some rivers over there that hold some absolutely monster redfish. I caught one of my biggest redfish on the kayak over there in that area, north of Gold Shore. It's pretty cool. Yeah. On a crankbait. Yep, crankbait in the in the creeks, like eight foot channel swings with a little 1.5 series square bill caught up pushing 50 inch redfish on it <laughs> jeez yeah there, there's some studs in this area man yeah, I, I, up there around I, the bridge too at the lights of the old bridge going across into gulf breeze there's some giants out there i know i've seen some footage of brandon with jeff little and them catching the big bull reds and then tarpon on occasion out there too yep yeah that's a great area uh, both summer and winter time yeah for you sure. hear guys catch them off the, the bridge bridge structure they call them bridge mars monsters the bridge monsters <laughs> The bridge, bridge monster. Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> get them. Get them. Get them. Yeah, but we're talking about these fish and, uh, you know, favorite species. I mean, I don't know. Mine's definitely chasing the bigger trout this, this time of year, especially. Um, I like, I'm multi species angler. I do like to fish for everything, bass included. Call me crazy. But I, that's what I grew up farm ponding, jumping around in southeast Georgia and riding my bikes to neighborhood ponds and sneaking into golf course ponds and the college ponds. <laughs> <laughs> all that good stuff when you're a kid up to that uh you know sneakiness back there trying to find fishing holes you know 
and always had that uh that trump card in my back pocket hey my granddad's the fire chief you know chief nichols i'm his grandson i'm not gonna i'm not gonna leave any trash i'm just gonna catch him and turn him loose <laughs> you know um but yeah favorite species right now what what are you what are you keyed in on the most? I know, man, I think it's going to be the same with me with them trout. So. <laughs> yeah, man. Trout, uh, trout have a special place in my heart. Uh, they're phenomenal creatures. Um, they're kind of what's driving us for this, this competition that we kind of set up. Yep. But I'd say pound for pound, the toughest fighting fish and the most fun fish for me to catch, especially in this area, uh, and it's got to be the redfish, man. There ain't, yep. There's not a single fish that fights like the redfish. Oh, no. Uh, you, just pound for pound. I mean, you catch a 18-inch redfish, and that makes anybody's day. You know, oh, it ain't yeah. even got to be an overslot. But, um, yeah, I've had have quite a few guys from the bass side come and join me, in, uh, especially in the fall, like September, October, November, when they really start pushing bait. You know, we get some big flood tides, and it pushes all the shrimp up in the grass, and then you'll have the white snowy egrets, hopping down the bank playing hopscotch because mm -hmm. I said it before on here before if you see them birds together there's more than three or four of them and they running around like with their head, chicken with a head cut off they don't like each other if they're not mating they eating they following yep. the redfish that are pushing all the shrimp up everywhere and they be they place off playing hopscotch so man I've had them put on that we'll run across the, to the other side of the marsh lake say here they come here they come we're gonna set up right here and wait on them and then they'll, all of a sudden they'll just see like the heads of the redfish, about 40 of them just, I said, throw right there, you know, throw, throw on the back of them and put, rip one out the back and then we'll fight those and then we'll go catch up to them and get in front of them again and rip a couple more out. <laughs> you know, it gets pretty crazy. Um, you know, and that's always fun too, but man, I like, I really like getting down to Laguna, um, down south of Corpus, you know, and uh, fishing those grass flats with the sand pockets and all that and just using the wind to drift and then kind of, put your stake out pulled down and set up on a couple pockets and just fan cast through them and some days during when the sun's right you can actually see the fish in there and kind of throw right to them with a spoon or a plastic or a, or a little wake bait get them to eat you know and just watch them they'll you'll see them come up out of nowhere and just, yeah. just half a blast and then every now and then you get a big trout down there too but you know uh, redfish are fun for sure they're a little dumber yeah. than the big trout. But. <laughs> they are. Now, the trout, if you, if you want to say, hey, what's your favorite for sport fishing, it'd be trout. But if you want to go out and get in a fight or something, man, that's definitely got to be my redfish. Yes, the redfish. So, well, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about the that uh, the tournament. The little You started something up this year that's pretty pretty cool in the conservation side of things. So I was, yeah, uh, man. Um, I, I jumped we, in it a little later once I found it, and then I was like, shoot, yeah, man, this is cool. This is cool, man. I like this. <laughs> so give everybody yeah. some info on that. Race to 20. Yeah, Race to 20 is a competition for conservation. That's what we're going to call it. Uh, honestly, man, it didn't start off like that. It's kind of a wild story. Uh, my brother, Nate, Nate Blair, him and I were sitting here one night after dinner, and we was just looking back through our phone, talking about fishing trips that we've had over the past year. And uh, was like, hey, dude, let's let's set a goal. Let's see how many fish we can catch this year. Let's see how many trout over 20. And then let's see how many redfish we can catch. And we started off with like 10 or 12 trout. We started looking through our pictures like, oh, we could do better now. Let's do 20. We said, all right, so a goal we're going to start off with is going to be 20 trout over 20 inches. How many redfish want to go for? Is it five? I said, we could do that. We do five over 30. That's too easy. Let's go 10 over 30. And it started off as a as kind of a bet between like him a side and I. Bet between, like a bro, yeah. like a bro deal. Yep. Just to push each other and and to make each other better anglers. And uh that's kind of how it started. And we start we was talking about it. I was talking about it one day at work with another guy that fishes with us and he was like, dude, that's cool. Can I get in on it? I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And then some other guys started hearing us talk about it and it kind of took off and I got the idea. I was like, hey, we should push this over to release over twenty and let David Flad and those guys run it through their system. They're a little bit more established than we are. Yeah, and, I had uh, Dave on here before too. Dave's a good dude. Yeah, yeah, he's a great man. Yeah, and, and, and Dave was like, hey man, he's like, honestly, I love the idea. He just didn't have the bandwidth at the time. Right. And so he asked me to kind of run with it and I was like, yeah, sure. I, I'd run it off an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. And uh, we we did that and, and Nate brought up, he's like, do you think you could put this on Instagram and see if other guys want to get into it and just make it more competitive? Uh, and, and it kind of, we threw it up on Instagram. We talked about it a little bit and it kind of took off from there. And next thing we knew, we had five anglers in it 
and then we had six anglers in it. And then the next week we had two more join and the next week we had two more join. And then, uh, by the time, you know, I think a month or so, by the time you came in, I think we had 15 guys when you jumped into it, 12 yeah. or 15 groups. And then added some more after that too. Yeah. I think well, now we're up to 17. I got 17 anglers from Texas through the Gulf coast and then up the East coast, all the to way to Virginia, Virginia beach. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, Mayo. and it, yeah. Oh, Corey Mayo, man. That guy's. Or Corey Mayo, yeah. Yeah, Corey. Corey. I always oh, think C it's John. I got a buddy named Sean Mayo, actually. Oh, C Mayo. He, he scared C me Mayo. off the bat. I think it was like the first week he put up six. And I, yeah. he said he was fishing from the bank. And I was like, man, I don't mm -hmm. know where this guy's fishing at. But he put up six trout over 20, man. And yeah. uh, it just kind of it took off. And, and we were talking about it. It's like, hey, what's the purpose of this? Well, the purpose was to, to get more people in the catch and release mindset right mm -hmm. i mean god god gives us dominion over fish and he tells us hey you know you can eat fish we can harvest fish and that, that was their intention uh, but he also makes us he tells us to calls us to be good stewards of our our resources yes we have and to we have to or it's gonna it's yeah. gonna go away um and there's enough environmental pressure and everything on, on fish as it is the last thing we need to be doing is taking the breeder fish out of the population um, yeah, it's and, like pulling teeth. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard sell to some people, but, you know, uh, enough people get involved like with this here, release over yeah. 20 and things like that. It's, it's definitely, uh, definitely getting seen, you know, for sure. Well, so, and it's, and it's taken off and because it's taken off and we're getting so much attention, uh, we've, we've decided to start its own Instagram page, the race to 20. Um, it's got its own Instagram handle now, and we're actually going to run a summer session. Uh, you and I were speaking before the show. Yeah. We, we ha really haven't started yet ironing out all the final details for the scoring, but we're trying to configure it so that it still appeals to guys all the way from Texas to Virginia. And uh, one of the biggest things that I'm I'm hard, like just dead set, we, we will not charge an entry fee for this competition. The point of the competition is to include as many anglers as possible and to educate their friends and their friends' friends on the importance of these fish yeah. um and, and so that's kind of the mindset it's a free competition anybody can get into it just go to the race to 20 website or uh, instagram handle and yeah, just be standing by right man. you'll be able to see that here on the screen and we'll, we'll mention there it you go you follow follow uh brandon on ig at saltwater under underscore aviator one two or jump on the race to 20 ig page is at the race to 20 that's t-h-e-r-a-c-e-t-o the number two and zero the race to 20 so yeah check that out that's for sure like uh get that page built up i can foresee some uh some companies want to get behind this too you know man i That'd be great. That happening. The, That'd be great. The mindset and the, the concept of it and the um, conservation-minded effort behind this and wanting to educate people on it. I can definitely see some some companies that are involved in all of that wanting to get behind this. I do for sure, especially with free entry fee. Just like kind of like what Dave does. It's just a little different concept. We got different fish involved and stuff, so it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool. I'm excited to get it done in the summertime too. Yeah, man. Uh, the race of 20, it, it's in line and parallel with what Dave's doing with release over 20. Um, and, you know, and those guys, we're partnered up with them this summer for the summer competition. Uh, oh, cool we're going to be partnered up with them and got their support. Uh, and we're pushing guys like, hey, if you catch a fish over 20 inches, whether it's sheep's head, flounder or trout, make sure you go over to their page and, and submit that fish for data purposes. Yes. Um, for sure. super excited uh, dave flat is an awesome guy man it's every two conversations i've had with him he's just super genuine super straightforward uh when i was first setting up the race to 20 and was having issues on instagram i just reached out and sent him a message and he was more than willing to help be helpful you know help out and, and help get this thing on its feet yeah and he's get it reposted going, so. and shared uh, leaderboards yeah. and different updates and stuff like that and yeah, uh, been engaging on the the post and everything too. So yeah, we all we all appreciate all of the trout guys that are, you know, there's guides here too in Texas that are all in on this conservation. You know, they want to respect our resource and and preserve it, like we right. all do. We we just I just love, you know, catching big trout and I want them to be around for a long time. You know, I still want to be able to catch them in you know five ten years. I don't want to have to them to be a 
a white ghost out there, you know, just yeah. one. And, you know, I, I still love to just the thrill of chasing them, but then being able to, you know, put decent ones on the come to hand every, you know, you know, every other trip or so, you know, I'm still finding some pretty decent ones, you know, so it's always a plus, um, especially after, you know, the freeze we had a couple years back and we just had another little cold snap a few weeks back and you know yeah. luckily it wasn't a huge kill but you know there's some stunned fish here and there but you know just like with what you're doing you know just the importance of the conversation conservation and then the you know it, it plays in in hand with helping us protect the resource because there is a lot more increased um, fishing pressure along the coast if, if you look at data over the years i know georgia is also doing some stuff with with limits of redfish and then Louisiana is actually starting to wake up about their trout population and why are we keeping so many little fish and this and that and people are still fussing and you know it's just one of those things you know you got to understand it's not an infinite resource it's not you know and and when it comes down to I mean you know we're not one of these organizations it's like hey you can't harvest a fish over 20 Right. I said, like, no, man, there's nothing wrong with harvesting a fish over 20, but let's be smart about it. Do I need to harvest five fish over 20? Do I need, you know, do I need to fill the freezer up every single trip? Because a lot of it comes down to education. And yes. I'll be honest with you, when I was out in Savannah, my father-in-law came down and we absolutely thumped them one day. <laughs> yeah. We we were throwing back. So when I was in Savannah at the time, it was 15 trout per person. Yeah. And there was no upper slot, nothing like that. Here in Northwest Florida, you can keep three. I think they got to be 16 inches to keep and no more than one over 19 inches. Yeah. Uh, but in Georgia at the time, there was nothing like that, man. And we were throwing back 19 inch trout. Oh yeah. We we're just throwing them back. I mean, we were keeping anything from, we started the day off. We caught a couple of fat 18s and a couple yeah. of 19s. And we were on a spot where there was three canal systems that drained out and dumped into one little hole. Yeah. Like and a crow's that, foot. <laughs> you know, like a little it, chicken foot. And that, little thing. And right there in the center of that chicken foot, man, it was a, a, a place where it's about three foot deeper than anywhere else. Yep, and you couldn't stacked. get to it by boat because of the oysters. So when tide went out, they were all stacked in that one little spot. Oh, yeah. And, and we took home 23 fish that day that were all between 18 to 24 inches. And looking back, it was like, dude, why? Like, we didn't need them. You know, I mean, yeah, we froze them. We cleaned them all, put them all in the freezer, and they all got eight. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. We, we eat good in my house. But but you know there, there was no reason to keep those bigger fish we could have kept the fat 16s and the fat 17s instead of yeah. keeping those fish and it's because we didn't know any better and and that's part of the driving force behind this competition one about half the guys that are in this competition right now are either active duty military or their prior military service um, so these guys have that competitive yep. mindset and competitive <laughs> edge tool uh, and then you know one we get the competitive side to it and then two just educating folks yeah, because we're talking about it at work and guys are like, hey, why are y'all throwing back 20 inch fish? And it's like, well, you know, a 20 inch trout, it takes them four years to get there. And each year beyond that, they produce exponential more eggs mm-hmm. and only, you know, I think eight out of every thousand trout uh, make it to 20 inches. And so each year beyond that, they become more and more special fish. Uh, I recently caught my, my personal best about three yeah. weeks ago as a 27 and a half inch fish. Half. Yeah. I mean, that's an eight to nine year old fish, man. That that oh, fish yeah. that's is that's at the end of his life cycle for a trout too. That's pretty, pretty close to it. Yep. Yeah, I mean that thing, and it's eight to eight and a half to nine years. It's survived predatory from other fish, mm-hmm. pelicans, yep. uh, you know, run-ins with birds, dolphins, yeah. porpoise, whatever they are, Do- whatever it alligators, is. All, <laughs> all the cold snaps that we've had. Yeah. Um, run-ins with other anglers that may or may not have handled them the best way yep. um and that's what i'm trying to teach my girls about it's like hey you don't just chunk a fish in the water like always wet your hands before you touch a trout kind of thing but it's it comes down to education and that's what we're trying to do with yes. the race to 20 is to educate folks and to have a good time and a competitive spirit about oh, it oh yeah so. that's why i jumped in i was like shoot i'm down <laughs> for this i said i'm not quite chasing bull reds right now but i'll try to get on with the trout bike when i can get out on the water you know yeah, hey man, I'm gonna catch you. You got me by like seven points right now. I'm I'm Uh-oh. gonna catch you. Uh-oh. I'm gonna catch you with a trout. Now, when your bull reds come in, you might put a hurting on us. But my, I've already got know, seven man, out of my they're... ten, man. I'm not. Much, I don't really fish for redfish this time of year. That's what I'm saying. I got a couple spots I can go hit. I just need a couple more warm days, and sometimes they'll stack up in there. So 
you know, uh, it is what it is. If I don't catch reds as often, it's all good. <laughs> uh, you, yeah, I'm gonna catch you. You yeah. got that. You got till March 31st, so I'm excited to see what happens. Right now, this week, we're kind of in a lull. Um, I've got to push yeah. my update out later on after we get off tonight. Um, but I think we only had six fish that made the leaders board this week, even on a full moon cycle, which is kind of odd. You know, yeah. if you look historically over the last couple of months, we have yeah, a full, my full moon, moon cycle. Last month was up. good. I had some good, yeah. couple good nights, uh, or, or go before work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. every now and then i'm known to do that like get on the water like two in the morning and fish until four and then go to work smelling like fish yeah that's always fun <laughs> yeah oh, oh nate blair uh he's a his gunship beast is okay. uh, his hashtag yeah so dude back in october we were both working nights and we'd get home early from a flight and mm -hmm. we'd be on the water he'd, like, he'd text me hey dude you want to go hit dock lights i'm like absolutely let's go let's and so, go. so we were on it you know in october we had the redfish up here and they were staying on bait around oh, yeah. the dock lights it was silly it wasn't even fair throw, that's when you throw them little jerk baits in there and they just annihilate them just oh dude we rolled up on a dock one night and there was fish blowing up on bait and we pulled up parallel to each other and simultaneous, I mean, it was beautiful. I wish we'd had a video of it. it synchronized cast. Both lures hit the water at the exact same time, and we started to retrieve. And both fish, both lures got hit with fish at the same time. I caught an 18 and a half. I think his was like 22 inch red, um, but it was synchronized. The cast, yeah, like, the mm. plop, and the retrieve. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, I know. So, I love getting off graveyards, and um, we make relief at you know we work five to five, but we make relief at like 4:45. So I'm on the water by five o'clock. And normally that you know hour and a half before sunrise especially if it coincides with the moon set and a big moon set like i caught some good ones during that um i, I like lining up with the salooner periods especially you know off the big moon with the coincides you know that minor that coincides with the with the sunrise has always been good to me Caught some of my oh, biggest yeah. trout on that moon um but then this week here coming out of the full moon is going to be going to be a little rough um I need another week or so, maybe next week. I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to head down to uh, the middle tech, like the coastal bend area down Corpus and south of Corpus, and try to try to hit some spots up. But once we got a warming trend, I'm gonna try to get back down there and throw some, throw some big swim baits and throw some glide baits. I want to put that ladyfish to work from Donkey Bay. Uh, appreciate Mike sending that over to me, man. Y'all need to check him out, man. He's got some great baits on his page. And then Jeff Brown on Facebook, you can find Jeff Brown. And uh, look at his, some of his stuff. I mean, he posts in some of those groups, Speckled Truth, Speckled Trout Fishing, and all them. And, and, you know, he's got some top-notch stuff, man. And he, he's got some really cool jerk baits. He shaves the shaves the bill down with a Dremel and uh, where they'll run, you know, a foot, foot and a half deep and just stay above that grass on them flats, too. And they just get murdered in that clear water. The trout can't help it. No, they can't help it, especially them around. They can't help baits, it. Dude. They just, oh, man, yeah. it gets crazy. It gets yeah, crazy. Dude. So, yeah, that's the thing about some, trout. Uh, there's some the Florida Redfish League kicked off this year, and actually have kayak division there in Florida. They just have one at Steenhatchee, or however you say it, Stein Steenhatchee, I guess, where the where the scallops are. <laughs> yeah. But there's also a, a stop in uh, Panama City this year coming up. Okay. And uh, for the Florida Redfish League, no motors. Um, they haven't got on that program yet. This is their first year. But uh, you know. Uh, I'm glad to see some other stuff popping up, some of these redfish trails. Um, you know, besides the one we have, we have quite a few here in Texas we're lucky to have. Um, but, you know, it's conservation-minded on that, too, because I know the one in Florida, they're doing CPR with, like, a tournament management app and, and measuring with a board with a code. Um, like, the majority of our redfish tournaments are, um, you have to bring them in live, and if you don't, you get a half-pound penalty per fish. You know, yeah. so we run live wheels on our kayak with like O2 injection and a recirculator and you carry G-juice with you to help them and a couple frozen water bottles when it's hot to throw in there and keep that water cool you know yeah. there's some little tricks and stuff you learn over the over the years uh, trying to get these fish in without dragging them on a stringer you know because you know you drag them too fast on a stringer you're gonna you know drown them pretty much you just they can't keep up and especially that's why when I when I catch redfish, I want to get them in as fast as I can. If I'm in a tournament, I want to get them, get them in the net as quick as I can, and get them back in the water. Because if you just let them play them out on loose drag and just wear them out, they're going to be wore out already, and it's going to be harder to recover. So yeah, yeah I threw some tips out there. For redfish. <laughs> well, what uh, 
what kind of survival rate are you guys seeing for those redfish uh, with the the O2 and and the water bottles and everything else? Are they we'll have one pretty, every pretty now and that maybe you hooked it weird or something, but a lot of times, especially with the G juice, it, it aids in the uh, removing the ammonia and aids and it, it rejuvenates their their slime layer. It just mm-hmm. makes them happy. Um, like if I get one that's like kind of hooked deep or in the gill, I actually. Before I put them in there, I'll take the G juice and I actually pour it down their mouth and like get it down all in there, and it'll help. It'll he- it helps them, uh, you huh. know. Um, I've seen that. I've seen a couple of the the, the boat guys do that, and then I kind of picked up on that. And then, um, you know, there's the fence where you won't even have a dead fish. Period. Everybody show up with live fish, and they all get released. That's good. You know, but every now and then you'll have people, man, I ain't, I ain't gonna mess with that. You know, and you better catch some nine pounders because you're gonna lose a half a pound, <laughs> lose a half a pound of fish. You know, our slot's twenty to twenty-eight um, yeah. on the redfish. But dude, I like them. I like them every now and then too. I'll bring a couple yeah. home and, and and the throats, man. You cut the throats out. You get a pair of ten snips. You take your, I fillet them down to both sides and kind of flap them over, and I'll come up with a big like the double um, fillets that's still attached to the tail, and I'll do that on the grill. But then you get the tin snips and snip them right underneath their throat and right above their pectoral fins on those little bones. And it'll fold out and it'll be like a perfect little shaped piece about like what I'm showing you. It looks like a saltwater quail with the fins popped out. That's what we always call them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, butter and garlic with lemon and some one of your favorite Cajun seasoning and put them on a pellet grill or a charcoal grill and put them over the coals and just let them go. Oh, man. Oh yeah, the throats no, are like similar to um, like a poor man's lobster almost. You know, they got a sweet, delicate flavor to them. It's, the meat's a little different consistency than the fillets off of the backbone, for sure. Huh? I'd give that a shot. Things. Yep, definitely good. But I like some good trout every now and then too, man. I'll, I'll crust them with uh, crushed pecans, a little bit of breadcrumbs, sear them off, finish them off in the oven, and I'll do some some grits. Um, my uncle owns honeybee or, or, or yeah, honeybees, and he, he carries them to whatever's blooming the time of year. And my favorite one so far has been palmetto blossom uh, honey, and I'll mix some of that with some sriracha and butter, and I'll add it to my grits and make a little spicy sriracha honey grits, and put that um, crusted trout over it with some wilted spinach, and do a little lemon butter sauce and, and some lump crab meat on top of that, and it's pretty dang tasty. Hey man, you just come on down. We'll catch the fish, and you know I'll grab a couple six packs of beer. And you just cook all you want. Just man. cook we'll all just you want. There you go. That, no, that, I'm, that I'm chef life coming out now. Yeah, it comes out every now and then. I thought about doing a, a little segment where we where I share some recipes. You know, um, every now and then I'll get crazy and do some stuff. I, I did some YouTube stuff for a little while. I just got so um, it's so hard to try to do a video a week especially trying to write articles and and uh now with this podcast and then you know taking over the team for jackson kayak i'm the team manager for them now starting this year and it's just been crazy and because i like to get on the water and i like to get pictures i like to get content i like to set up my gopro on the stakeout pole and try to get different angles and try to do something different you know so you know it gets busy yeah <laughs> It's busy. It's hard to, it's hard to fish and talk about it at the same time, man. Oh yeah, yeah. You and gotta, there's days I just want to go fish and I won't even take a camera with me. I just want to go and fish. You just clear my head. You know that fish is my go. therapy at times. You know when I need it. it. Clear your head, uh, get away from the daily grind, and, and and get out there and just enjoy what what God put on this earth, this nature we have, the surroundings, uh, the fish. Um, I mean, there's days I'll just watch the redfish come by me. I won't even throw it to them sometimes. You know, yeah okay i will some I'll just, now i'm eventually i'm gonna catch one but, but a lot of times i'll just i just like to i like to watch them and see like i need to bring i got this little sony that i've been this little sony with the optical zoom this little mirrorless sony i've been needing to get take it with me put it in a waterproof box and take it and start filming some of them you know, redfish some of their attitude and their habits and their, what they're doing and all that stuff i just I like to watch them sometimes just to see how they just annihilate the shrimp. <laughs> Dude, they're they're special cool. fish. It's amazing how they can go. Like when they're tailing, they're just so graceful 
and mm-hmm. you can be out there. I've got a video, you know, saltwater aviator. You can go check it out. But the water's just as calm and flat. Uh, we had a bunch of fog that morning. We actually had to use the GPS on our phones to oh, get yeah. to the fishing spot because we were zero zero getting in there. Oh. Um, but just so graceful, and your tail's just barely caressing the mm, top of the water. Coming out, looking like little uh, uh, tortilla chips sticking out of the water. Yeah, <laughs> little dark tortillas, little blue corn tortilla chips. <laughs> Dude, you see that tail out there, and you just drop a. a a twitch bait or a jerk bait out in front of them and it's mm-hmm. amazing how they go from so calm and graceful to just violent yep. it's like just it's like flipping a switch uh and there's nothing like that strike uh, this is one of the videos i had on, on my um, on saltwater aviator 12 is you can see it it's like one two and then a cast in there and as soon as it hit the water but it's bam it's on yeah. it he just starts pulling drag and we're talking six inches of water you know oh, those yeah. fish you can catch them at the bridge in 25, 30 foot, or you can get six inches of water on the marsh, you know, on a grass flat or mud yeah. flat or whatever. And and they go from smashing bait to chasing crabs or yep. shrimp or whatever else is out there. I mean, they're, they're pretty, pretty versatile and, and just, they're tough, man. They, the cold doesn't bother them. Everything. I mean, yeah. in the marsh, when the water's high, I'll throw, um, there's a couple companies that make some bone colored popping frogs. Okay. Like soft-bodied frog for bass, and the, the redfish will straight smack them. Um, <laughs> I to give I've that actually a shot. caught one on a marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really want to take a jalapeno and run a wire through it with a split ring and put a treble hook on the back and throw a jalapeno at them. I think they'll eat that. And Texas fish might eat that. Yeah, I don't know I about these I, Florida fish. <laughs> the Texas fish probably will eat it. I think they yeah. would. Um, but yeah, I, I always have fun. Um, I was throwing the chatterbaits long before I, you know, I strike come out with their, their little, uh, their little chatterbait head, the jig head with the chatterbait blades, and, and you can run a plastic on them. But I was that old Z-Man original when it came out. I was like, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> the redfish are going to eat this, and the flounder eat it too because they like that flash and that vibration also, and you can yo-yo it on oh, the yeah. bottom. And the, the the way the skirt kind of undulates it. it it draws strikes from flounder pretty good too. Um, Heck yeah, man! I always like thinking outside the box on the baits. That's why I always like I would throw the the um, the crank baits in the deeper parts of the creeks where there's like root balls and stuff. That you get it to bounce off the root balls and just like how the bass do when stuff comes off structure and around piers and pylons. The, the redfish do the same thing. If you get a reaction strike from them, it's pretty neat. Dude, what's uh? so you got all these different lures what's your go-to like what's your hey it's a nasty day conditions are tough you know i'm having a hard time finding fish what's your go-to your favorite lure that you like to fish with flipping the script on me i'm gonna make you the cutters now (laughs) come on (laughs) um i think i would go with like if there's some wind driven current and the water's a little off colored um i'm gonna go with the with a four horseman popping cord with about a 12 inch liter eight ounce jig head with the with the uh, skinny water uh, grande uh, kicking shrimp and like a lime truce disco it's got some black flake and it's got some iridescent flake in it and uh i'll just pop that use that popping cork and kind of drift with it down the shorelines and especially when i know there's some shell scattered shell and mud around the, the grass lines and stuff i'll 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 beat it up with that popping cork or Heck yeah. you know there's days i'll use a uh, a wake bait as a search bait, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people out there that, that that miss a lot of opportunities by just waiting to see the fish. There's a lot of yeah. people out there that just sight cast and um, my lure's in the water all the time. When I'm drifting, <laughs> when I'm moving, when I'm paddling somewhere else, I'm constantly throwing and, and searching and yeah. kind of figure out what they're doing. If I'm not seeing any active activity, I'm, I'm throwing. And I've caught a lot of fish. I've actually, you know, cast some good checks blind casting, you know. Especially with yeah. that, that wake bait. That's a big reaction strike bait, especially on the sand flats, you know, where the sand pockets are at. Just blind casting to them and just ripping them through there. You know, you might not see the fish, but he's going to come out from underneath the grass and bam, he's there, you know? Yeah, man. So, yeah, wake bait's a good search bait for me. You can rip it in fast, um, cover a lot of water with it. So, yeah, that's, that's one of my go-tos also when it's tough because you'll usually get a reaction strike out of the fish for sure. Heck, yeah. Yeah, you talk about on the move, man. I tell you what, I've caught probably 
some of my bigger fish that I've ever caught was trolling from one spot to another, just throwing the line out, backing mm-hmm. the drag off, and sitting a rod in a rod holder and just pumping to the next spot and yep. stumble across them. They're like, hey, I didn't expect them to be here. You know, and you yeah. learn a little bit about that area yep. while you're trolling to the next spot. Um, you know, with kayak fishing, that's one of the disadvantages to kayak fishing is that you've got to, if you do have to cover ground, it takes you longer than if you're there in a boat, right? Your boat, you just fire up the main motor and get. Um, but I think with kayak fishing, because you're lower to the water, it's a little bit more intimate. I think you see and hear a lot more. Um, you know, I had my father-in-law found a meme a while back that says, hey, I need to go fishing because I've lost sight in my left ear. Uh, which, <laughs> which, you know, I mean, kayak fishermen, that, that's a thing, dude. I mean, there's no telling how many times I've heard a fish pop the water and pop bait. And just stop and wheel around. They're like, oh, okay, hang on. Something's going on here. But, you know, if you're in a boat, you'd miss that. Um, Yeah, and you're so close to the action. um, You know, just like you said, you're paying attention, attention to detail of everything going on, especially in a kayak back in that shallow, that, you know, skinny water. You're back there and you hear fish. You'll hear it sounds like a toilet bowl with a redfish blows up on something back there. (laughs) Yeah. Especially in the shallow water. You're like, okay, where'd that come from? And you zoom in on it scan it and you see the ripples coming out from the bank like oh he's right there and then all of a sudden you see a wake movement he's pushing you say oh he's right there and you throw it to him bam right there boom ain't nothing like it man but we had a night we had a well it was actually a morning it was dark we were out fishing for the sun come up and thought it was pelicans hitting the water (laughs) and i could not find i was like dude where are these pelicans at and we kept going getting closer and closer to the sound it was redfish blowing up on bait oh yeah it's like holy cow! I mean, this fish just birds awesome. dive bombing. In <laughs> yeah, we, just red fish. like pelicans in the water. Bam, bam, that's bam, it, dude. Bam, bam. that is. I it. know we a lot around here. I'll see like this time of year. Um, I'll set up on oyster reefs and stuff for ambush points for bigger trout, and then all of a sudden you'll see that little point. You'll see that little slick pop up about the size of a dinner plate, and it gets bigger as it moves. You know, because the slicks will grow as the wind blows them and kind of pushes them across the surface. Um. So you know there's a good trout sitting right there, <laughs> especially when they're the size of a dinner plate when they first come up. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll cavast that boom, 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 in that area and just luckily, you know, put that right cast in there on that ambush point and usually get a pretty good one when they do that. I, I really like to do that this time of year. Um, but yeah, the cold, man, I like it to warm up, but you know, I like having these little cold snaps this time of year. It gets them trout, you know, riled up a little bit over here and it pushes them you know, it pushes them a little deep, then you get a couple warm up days and then they're back up on the on the flats feeding and they're usually pretty pretty hiked up and ready to munch on a lure too <laughs> when it when it gets yep. like that. You know. Yep. Pretty cool. Yeah, around here we've got a spot. I'm fortunate enough to to be about two hundred yards from the water. Um and this particular spot that I'm in, it's got a little bit of deeper water in it. It's where a creek kind of dumps into a bayou, which dumps into a bay system. And if there's a front coming through, dude, I'm on the water. Yeah. You know, it, that prefrontal system, I'm, I'm out there. That you know, the couple last couple of fish I put up on our leaderboard, that big trout was, was come from the creeks right there, didn't it? Come from the creek. Not even. Then, how well? How close was it to the launch? <laughs> like pretty close. Uh, I tell you what. So I'm not. I'm still not convinced it was the same fish. But after talking with uh, Wyatt Parcell from Salt Strong, mm-hmm. he I think he's got kind of got me convinced it was the same fish. There's a bridge that goes over the creek. And I was out on a walk with my wife and kids, and uh, I looked out there and I saw something feed. And I told my wife, I said, that was a big fish, just come up and fed on that bait right there. Mm. And she said, why don't you go get him? And I said, why don't I go get him? I guess I'll get back to the house, I'll go get him. So we got back from the the walk and I almost, I I didn't literally run, but I nearly ran down to the boat launch, pulled my kayak and got in there and went right to where I saw that fish feed and on the second cast caught a 27 and a half inch trout and there was storm systems coming through that day like we called flights off because of tornadoes and everything else man and it was like all right so the prefrontal is where it's at so the next short window Um, that's it the next storm system went out and the same thing with the redfish oh yeah yeah very next storm system i've seen that before with the trout feeding and i've actually um a lot of times those those bigger fish will run in wolf packs of like two or three so it's possibly yeah. there could have been a couple more because I've had multiple days where I've I've caught you know a 27 and then had another one 26 you know right off the same general vicinity you know mm-hmm. where they, they they were feeding together and like corralling bait and stuff you know 
it's definitely pretty neat to see their their um, their behavior at times, you know, and kind of try to figure them out. <laughs> That's what keeps me going, is trying to figure these big ones out. I haven't broke 30 inches. I've gotten super, super close, but um, I'm waiting on that magic one. I know they're out there. I've had a couple on with, especially this this year, I've had one on a glide bait that threw, that, that threw the bait that was over 30 for sure. I got a good look at her, and she was gigantic. <laughs> yeah, man. It, like, I was a freaking heart was fluttering. I mean, I was just like, it's like you got that buck fever. It was that big trout fever, man. It was like, whoa. There's nothing like uh, it. And those yeah. big trout don't fight like trout anymore. Once no. they get over about 24 to 26 inches, they start fighting like redfish. Yeah, you'll um, get some good runs, and then you'll come up, oh, and yeah. when they come up, and just start flopping that head back and forth, like just bam, 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 violent. I've had them Dude. jump. I had a 25, almost 26-inch fish jump, and it did like three flips in the air, like almost – like three foot out of the water like it was insane yeah. it's like man, like a lady pig fly man when pigs fly <laughs> yeah i got a picture floating around on instagram of that one that was a pretty good one that's pretty wild, fun day man. february too top water <laughs> don't sleep top on the top of... water don't sleep on the one knocker spook in the winter don't sleep on it <laughs> jeez top water in the winter time oh yeah water's about 59 or 60 it's on it's on Oof this on for sure well dude man I, I appreciate you coming on sharing a little bit about yourself and about the uh, uh, race to 20 um, anybody out there wants to jump in on that check out their page you know Brandon's page is right there saltwater underscore aviator 12 and the rate the race to 20 on the IG um, I'll post some links up on my Facebook page and Instagram look for it on mine also um, I'll share some some of the stories I'll share some stuff the stories and then reshare some of his stuff also with this stuff coming up um you know we're currently fishing one of them right now wrapping it up on march 31st yeah uh, i need to get some redfish on the board <laughs> <laughs> you better hustle <laughs> i know i better hustle i better go you get better a hustle. couple of them at least i'll get a couple at least i hope um i'll be pre-fishing at the end of march for my first redfish tournament in april uh so we'll see we'll see what happens well i'll be in florida too coming up um the 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th in uh, be Tampa, St. Pete, and then I'll come up towards uh, St. Mark's area, like below Tampa, fish some of that, and maybe even stop and fish with you on the way back for one day. We'll have to see if it lines up to Heck check yeah, the man. schedule out. Yeah, um, stay in touch. If the white yeah. are still here, we'll take you out and get you in a oh, real fight. Hey, you ain't lived till you hooked up with a 30-pound blackfin tuna from a kayak. Oh, I know. I get that's got to be insane. I've caught some good kingfish, but I haven't not a not a blackfin tuna. I want to do that for sure, dude. Uh, the to tug is a drug, man. How everything pans out, but man, we thank you for coming on. Um, want to give you a chance. If you got anybody you want to thank or any other shout outs you want to do, you know, go ahead right now. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, want to want to thank everybody that's involved with the original race to twenty. Um, I want to thank you know release over twenty for partnering up with us. Uh, and, and stepping in and like, hey, you know, listen, I can't run this. Why don't you guys take the lead on it and, and then stand right next to my side and kind of help guide me through this thing. Uh, we're excited to see this tournament grow. Uh, excited to, to, to be here tonight and to do this podcast. Dustin, I, I appreciate you having me on, man, and help support yeah, sure. me. And, and it's, it's awesome to know that guys like you, got it, guys like Scotty Watson out on, in North Carolina, um, you know, Colin O'Brien's one of the Wade Fishermen guys we got here. It's, it's good to know that guys like that, they're in the game, they're in the fishing community, they're conservationists, and these guys are in our corner fighting for us and, and helping us get on our feet and get this thing Shoot off the you. launch pad, so to speak. So, um, yeah, excited. Hey, for sure. hey, man, anybody interested in the, uh, the Summer Slam, which is what we're calling this new summer tournament? It's going to run from April 1st to September 31st. Uh, stay tuned. We're still working out all the, the details as far as the scoring, but just go to the Race to 20. And kind of keep checking in on there we're about to, to kind of get that page fully underway and uh, right now it's still in construction so just get that page fully underway and then you'll be able to follow the summer competition there but um like the the original race to 20 that we've been running this the fall competition we're going to continue to run that through saltwater aviator so be looking for the updates to come out and then maybe you can see me try to catch dustin and the trout the trout the community or the trout division for the uh the rest of this next month and a half man so i hope you do i hope you get out here smashing <laughs> hey dude i was looking I'm back to the pictures. building on it 
<laughs> I was looking through pictures from last year. We had a couple of days in February and March where we was putting six trout on the board. So in one day, so that's cool. Yep. Yeah, it'll, so it'll I, happen. Yeah, I'm hopeful. We gotta get some cold weather here to push in bigger trout up in the deeper creek hole. Yeah, push them in the creeks. Yep, that's what we need. We need a little bit more here too. So hopefully that'll happen. But yeah, man. Once again, I thank you for coming on. Hang tight real quick after I run this outro, and uh, but we'll close everything out now. Once again, thanks to everybody that tunes in to Chasing the Tide. We we appreciate you guys. Without you, we, would, we wouldn't be here doing this, and I wouldn't be able to talk the paint off of the wall which brandon can do too so if, if we didn't quit this right now we'd probably keep going on for another hour or so and then my wife's gonna be mad at me because she's probably at the door like ready to come in the room and go to bed <laughs> don't get kicked out so yeah once again thanks for everybody check us out you know uh facebook page pal and finn instagram's pal and finn um all podcast platforms all that good stuff uh leave reviews if you can give us some some, some ratings and let us be seen more. Um, it's always good to uh, help it grow. So once again, thank y'all for tuning in, and we'll catch y'all next time on Chase the Tie. See you. Have a good night, bro. Yep.